Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic. When I can, I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun, Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from, with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan. And I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me. And you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. There's a cat over here. There's a cat over there. And the wrong one died. And the wrong one died. Welcome to The Wrong Cat Died, the podcast breakdown of the cat's catastrophe. I'm your host, Mike Abrams, and today we have a special bonus episode for you. I teamed up with another podcast that's also part of the Broadway Podcast Network family, and I sat down with Adam Rothenberg, the host of Bearing It All with Call Me Adam. Adam and I decided to do a little bit of a hybrid episode where I interviewed him on why he hates the musical cats, and then he interviewed me to hear my cat's theories. You can hear the full episode by visiting Adam's podcast at callmeadam.com. But here's a piece of our conversation. Well, you came to New York City in 2016 for a job. You, you were living and growing up in Indiana prior to that. And you also had never seen a, a Broadway show prior to coming to New York. No. Um, so I had seen a couple. Okay. Um, we had taken trips with school, family, and we went and saw some, you know, some pretty standard things like Jersey Boys back in the day. But Indiana gets five traveling Broadway productions a year. Um, uh-huh. And I went, usually went to probably two or three of those with my mom every year. But I rarely went to what I would consider the classics. Um, I would go to either stuff that was really interesting that I was interested in as like a high schooler or stuff that no one else in my family wanted to go to. And so it defaulted to me. Um, and so with, you know, cousins and my sister and, and my dad and other people, um, we had two tickets to the five shows as a season ticket holder. So when I got to New York, I, you know, I realized that I could go any night of the week, basically. And I lived pretty close there. My I was in temporary housing right when I moved, and it was literally in the middle of the theater district. So I kept thinking, why do I not go see these shows? They're they're here. They're performing every night. Um, and so that was when I decided to, to try to understand and appreciate like the classic Broadway stuff, because, mm-hmm. again, I don't I don't know much. I, I really most of the time I, I had seen a movie version of it or a little bit. But I just I you know I didn't even know really much about any of these shows that you listed. So was was Cats um, the first classic you saw upon arriving in New York or did you see Phantom before that? No, I've still never seen Phantom, still never seen Les Mis. Um, so, so I did a really bad job of doing this. I ended up seeing a lot of the stuff where the lottery tickets or something ended up like a play that ended up uh, pretty easy. Cats happened because 
the, it was reviving in 2016. Right. And I knew Leona Lewis was going to be Grizabella. And I have a friend from college who I consistently tell her that this entire podcast is her fault um, <laughs> because she works uh, on Broadway. She works uh, in stage production and with a bunch of different shows. And she somehow, I don't know if it was one of her shows or how she ended up, but she basically was like, great, I got two tickets to go see Cats. Let's go. Um, and it was the Saturday before, it was the second to last preview. And so I was told it was at that point, I didn't know what a preview was. I mm -hmm. didn't know what any of this meant. It was a Saturday matinee show and I decided to go. So Cats was like your first classic Broadway show that you saw. Yeah. First one that I would consider, you know, I'd especially on Broadway. Yes. Anything else I had seen, if I even saw it, I don't remember much about it. Like I remember we went to New York for a school trip and we saw Thoroughly Modern Millie. Oh, I and love that show. I would say that's like definitely my top five. I, I couldn't tell you a single thing about what it was. I don't remember a single thing about it. It was, oh I was God. too young and it was just the show that could fit, you know, 30 students from Indiana. <laughs> right. Because it was at the Marriott Marquis, which is one of the bigger theaters on Broadway. Oh, that makes sense. I don't remember. I literally don't remember anything about that. Plus, I would say for students, that's a pretty safe show. You know, they're not going to be exposed to um, a lot of bad language or suggestive scenes or... Yeah, there's not an uncle molesting a mute, basically. Exactly, exactly. But that was the sh that was like the breakout role for Sutton Foster. That's okay. That's really what put her on the map. And she was... I mean, that whole cast was just so delicious. It was Sutton Foster, Gavin Creel. Um, uh, you can keep naming names, but this is like gibberish to me. I think you know that, right? Yes, yes. I just wanted to put it out there. I just wanted to name <laughs> for, drop a little bit. For every, for name drop for everyone else. And yes. I'm sitting here like, I don't, yeah. know, I don't know who that is. I should, I, maybe I should, but this again, this is not my, my world. I mean, at this point, you should. Do you watch Younger on TV Land? No. Oh, okay. Because yeah. Sutton Foster, they're going to their seventh season and final season. Sutton Foster's on that. Do you know Hilary Duff, the singer? I, I do know Hilary Duff. Okay, so she's on that show too. Uh, Peter Herman, who's. Uh, Mariska Hargitay from SVU. Okay. Her husband, her. he's on that show. It's a phenomenal see, cast. Miriam see, Shore, I could, who's a theater I could name person. The, I could name probably 15 players on most basketball teams, but I don't know any of these names. Well, that I, would I be know the, a couple of them. That would be the difference. I would know maybe one or two of the basketball players that you yeah. mentioned. <laughs> that's, why, that's why our podcasts are very different. Yes. <laughs> so... Um, Bringing it back to, to Cats, so did Cats make you excited to see other shows or did it deter you a little bit for fear that the shows would be a similar catastrophe? Well, let me let me tell you a little bit more about what happened that day. So okay. I woke up that morning, the tickets were at Will Call, and my friend was very, very sick. And so I had been living in New York for maybe, I want to say three weeks. I knew a few people from college and from, you know, just various parts of my life that lived in New York. And I have an hour to try to convince someone to come see it with me. Wow. And um, I, I finally, I, I texted a few people and I was like, I'm not going to text any of my new coworkers or anything like this because <laughs> saying like, Hey, you want to come see cats at 12 o'clock on or two o'clock, whatever time it shows on, on a Saturday when it's pouring out. So I ended up just going by myself. Um, and I didn't drink or take drugs or do anything. And so I left just mesmerized. 
um, wow. in, in every fashion of the way. Like I, I didn't, I never read about what these musicals are before I go in. So unlike you, I, I generally don't have no idea what the story is or what is coming. I remember I saw Fun Home. Um, had no idea that that was not an uplifting, fun story. <laughs> I, I walked out going, well, that was it was very well done, but just not what I was expecting to see. And that's kind of how I felt about Cats. Is that it felt like an acid trip, but I, I wasn't prepared because no one told me to take drugs before. Right. Right. I mean, I don't typically read reviews before I go see a show. I, I actually choose, I mean, as an adult, I will say, I choose a show more based upon who's in it than than what it's about. Okay. That makes sense. I mean, I would say it's not just a review of if I've heard, it, heard it's good or bad. Sometimes I don't even know the overarching theme of these plays. Yes. Yes. I try to at least find out generally what it's about but sometimes i do just go in blindly because i just i don't care what it's about i love the people who are in it yeah i did that with i think it was called blackbird the one with jeff daniels oh yes uh-huh. yeah that was real dark oh, um to, to kill a mockingbird no no i saw i saw that too but there was um i think it was called blackbird it was something where Basically, Michelle Williams and him are the only two characters, and she confronts him about him molesting her. This is a theme with this episode for us, I think. (laughs) Yes. It is for some reason. (laughs) But I I had no idea what that was about. I just thought, like, hey, this is the guy from Dumb and Dumber and Michelle Williams. Like, that should be cool. And then you walk in, and all of a sudden, like five minutes in, she's talking about how he basically molested her as a child. And so I started to – I should read more about what these musicals and plays are before I go see them. Yes, yeah. just so you at least know what to... Just a broad theme. Yeah. You know, like, I don't need to know everything, but just kind of have a decent idea of what I'm seeing. Right, so you might know what emotions might get sparked. Yeah, because unless show. it's a, a big play, like, you know, like I knew going to see Dear Evan Hansen what I was getting myself into. Which was phenomenal. I love that musical. Yeah, it was it was uh, tiring as a as an audience member. I was exhausted when I left. Oh yeah, it's so it's there's so much emotion in that show that yes, you are exhausted when you leave. So so let's just uh, go back to cats for a moment. So how did you? So you found someone to come with you? No, I went by myself. Oh, I you sat went by yourself. Two, you said sorry. Two empty seats. I was sitting next to two nuns and two people that were. Um, not from the like two international people that that really didn't they weren't talking in English at all during the thing before during um, during intermission and uh, but they loved it those two were eating it up so they oh, it, you wow. know, it makes me think that knowing the language might not matter uh, in cats but um, but yeah mm-hmm. I just had two seats I threw my backpack on one and um, they were really good seats because I think they came from the theater but um, but yeah I was very grateful I was not on the aisle. Because the the green eyes, the first number where they're in the crowd, that I'm not, a, I don't want to be a participant in in a play. Mm-hmm. I like to watch, and that would have scared the hell out of me. It did scare the hell out of me, but it would have really scared the hell out of me if I was on the aisle. Yes, yes, understandably. So now, after you saw it, were you excited to go see other classic shows, or were you a little nervous? I don't say I don't think I was a little nervous. I I still kind of stuck to what I had been doing before, which is I am at the epicenter of Broadway, 
you know, like the the best of the best. Like I do appreciate, just like when I see a professional sports game, you're seeing the people at the top of their field. Mm-hmm. And I do enjoy that aspect of, of Broadway and in general. So um, I haven't, I still haven't seen a couple of them. So I don't think it's like, oh, I got to rush to, you know, to the theater to see these. But it definitely didn't stop me from, you know, wanting to go see more shows and, and still being interested in Broadway. Well, that's good. That's good. Because sometimes it can, I mean... I have met people in my life who are like, oh, yeah, I saw it and I didn't, not necessarily cats, but they saw something on Broadway and they didn't really love it. And it sort of has deterred them from trying out other shows. So I'm glad to hear that um, it still makes you want to see other shows. Yeah, I just think when you're in New York, you have at your fingertips and usually for, you know, if you if you're willing to kind of get tickets day of and you can get you can get pretty really impressive and good deals on these incredible shows. I mean, again, you're, you've interviewed these people, you've met these people, like these are the best of the best at what they do. And I, like, I just find that really cool to watch. Um, and live, live everything is to me such an impressive feat. So I will, you know, I'll go see pretty much everything, but now I'm at least a little bit smarter walking in. I have some idea of what, what's happening. Yes. Well, that's good. I mean, I do love a live show. I, I remember when I first started working in Broadway, I saw I saw more theater when I first started working with group sales than I had seen prior to growing up because we would go in, come into the city maybe once a year to see a show. I remember the first time I went to see a movie after working in group sales and I left, the I forgot what movie it was, but I just remember leaving disappointed a little bit because there was no, there wasn't that live action happening. And yeah, you get a little spoiled yes. when you're in New York and you get to see them, you know, whenever you want. Yes. And I actually stopped going to movies for a while because I didn't have that that live experience that the theater had for me. And the tickets are pretty much the same price. Right. <laughs> Especially now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so how long after seeing Cats did you come up with the idea to host your podcast? So right after I saw the musical the first time I was writing a newsletter blog kind of thing for just very small for my friends and family at home because you know moving from Indiana to New York you a lot of stuff people just accept as real as life in New York are not normal mm-hmm. um, and so I was as a fairly observant person was seeing stuff on the subways and just walking around the city that I'm like that wait, we're just going to be okay with that. Like in New York and, and you do, you become immune to it. I've been in New York long enough now that I just walk by it. I'm like, Oh yeah, that's just a Tuesday. Right. Um, but early on it was, it was appalling and very, um, for me entertaining and interesting. So I was, I was writing a very short, here's how things are going at work. Here's what it's like living in the city. Here's what I did. Um, and again, like there's so many things to do like Broadway and, um, live, live interactive theater and all kinds of stuff. That's, um, that is is available in in Manhattan. Mm-hmm. So this was the first time where I instead of writing any update, I just wrote about cats. Mm-hmm. And it reminded me I used to write a sports based humor column in college, but this was a I, I went back to that roots of where I'm just I'm just going to go back to that style of writing and I'm going to just really go after this show. And it was mindless. It was fun. I think, you know, I've sent it to a few people uh, at the network since um, because I really enjoyed it. But it got I got known within my family and friends in Indiana as the person that 
they either thought I hated it, which I think is an overstatement, or they thought like I'm the cat's guy now. Like I'm the one that knows all about this. So when the trailer for the movie came out and nearly broke the internet, I had probably 25 text messages of people sending it to me. And I just decided, you know what? I'm going to make a joke about it. So I posted a joke on social media where I was standing on a stage giving a speech not at all related to cats. And I just posted, Chris Bell was the wrong cat to die. Welcome to my TED Talk as the joke. And that was when um, the wonderful host of the theater podcast with Alan Seals, Mr. Alan Seals podcast dad reached out to me and said, I should make that my podcast. And so I originally said, no chance, no way I'm not doing this. Like, I don't know anything about this show. I don't know any of the characters names. Like I remembered Mungo Jerry and Rumpel teaser. Cause that was the one song that stuck, that got stuck in my head. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, all right, let me try to write an episode. And I wrote the very first episode about old Deuteronomy. And I, while researching the dark, dark, dark web of cats, fan, fan fiction, fan everything, I found so much information and it was immediately just blew my mind. And so I realized it'd be very interesting and entertaining to break it down. But since I don't know anything about, you know, again, the, the actors and the people performing and who wrote it and why, I just decided to break it down as, as the plot. And mm-hmm. so I still, to this day, you could tell me somebody from the original production, name names from the production you saw, um, people from the other 2016 revival. And I'll be like, who, who is that? I have no idea. Oh, they played McCavity. Okay, great. I have some questions because here's how, here's what I think about McCavity. And that's where I'm at. I, I learned about um, Gilbert. Gilbert was a cat I learned about this week, mm-hmm. which I found was fascinating. So I, I'm going to break down a little bit about Gilbert in my uh, episode number 13, but it's, it's to me, like every time I click through there, I found 4,600 pages devoted to cats on the Wikipedia fan page. Wow. That's incredible. I mean, it definitely evokes, I feel like it is not the only one musical, but it definitely is one of the top musicals that evokes such emotion for people. And, and I do sort of agree that people either, they either love it or they hate it. There is no in between. And I know I, I'm pretty sure you've touched upon that in some of your earlier episodes about how you either love it or hate it. Yeah, I don't think there's a middle. I mean, there's your version where you saw and just was like, get, get me out of here as fast as possible. <laughs> and then there's people who want to see it a thousand more times. Um, I, I might be a little bit in the middle of where I'm fascinated by the the writing and the story. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've only, I've only seen it twice. I saw it, the 2016 revival on the preview. And then I saw it one other time in that run with a friend who came visiting from Indiana, who was really, really dying to see it. And so we went back and it was almost exactly a year later to the date. And um, uh, maybe Paris was the at the time. And it was uh, another wild experience. I did have alcohol before that one though. So I was a little <laughs> bit prepared. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. 
Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchases, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Now, from, from hosting your podcast and all the research you've done on, on the show, I mean, what have you learned about, about cats? Do you feel like there actually is a story there? So I think there's definitely a loose interpretation of it. Um, and it's kind of more fun. I think intentionally it's left very wide open. Mm-hmm. Um, there's the part I've enjoyed most of doing this podcast is as I've talked to some of the members of the 2016 revival, the different direction that they got from the choreographers, the producers, everyone that was working on the show is just fascinating. You know, you're hearing them tell stories about how they were writing their own backstories to to make sure that they really got into the character. Mm-hmm. And then they're trying to make it their own in these different versions. And so I think there's some more depth to it uh, than, you know, there's obviously a lot, a lot there. Um, but it's also very open to interpretation, which I think was intentional. But I have really, I've just enjoyed trying to figure out some of the nuances that if you accept some of these rumors and, theories as fact it Mm -hmm. paints a really really strange picture um (laughs) and that's been hilarious to me um when you really dig into the different characters if they're related if they're you know they're with other cats if they're you know if they should have had this you know why did they disappear um and some of it i i can I'm guessing, because again, I don't really know enough about how theater really works. I'm guessing some of them because they just needed a dancer in the opening number <laughs> and then they needed someone to play that later. So they just, they changed. Mm-hmm. Um, and other times I'm sitting there going, well, maybe if I read into the story, there's more to that. Here's how I can interpret it. Is is there any, um, is there any fact you found out from hosting your podcast that shocked you? Shocked me. Um, no, I mean, I just, I've been trying to figure out the family tree mm-hmm. and there, it's very clear that there is not one because right. there, there's no way to, like, there's only a couple that have been confirmed by productions, which, you know, that's an, an actor or somebody saying it, at, you know, in a, in an interview before or after. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would love to see what that hierarchy looks like if you tried to break it down so that's the part that I think I've been most shocked about is the more I dig into each character, because most of the time I don't know much about the character until I start researching them. And mm-hmm. then I tie it back to, oh, well, if I well, now that I know this about that character, um, here's what this would say. And mm-hmm. it gets really it's a really dark web that you can weave in and out of these characters. Are there other Broadway shows uh, where you feel the wrong character has died similar to how you feel Grizabella was the wrong cat to die? So I don't know enough about like when people die at the end. Like most of the shows I'm just, I'm usually 
exhausted by the end. And so if somebody <laughs> dies at the end, I'm, I'm, I'm usually at that point. Right. The one that I think, and I've only seen it once and I've never, I've never seen it on Broadway. I saw the production traveling. Um, Wicked is kind of an interesting one. Mm-hmm. It is definitely, uh, if you kind of break down there, some, some uh, nuances to that story. Um, but I don't know if I'm, I'm not qualified to tell people that I would have wrote this show differently. Um, even as a parody. So mm. I've enjoyed it for cats. Cause I don't think anybody has a consensus on what cats is supposed to be. Right. But there are going to be people who have legitimate opinions about other shows that I'm not the, I'm not the person to give those answers. Yes. Yes. Understood. Understood. Uh, well, if we have time, uh, do we have time for a quick game? Sure. Okay. So let's play a game called the wrong cat died, which is in honor and celebration of your podcast. Okay. So since cats have nine lives, if there were nine different productions of cats where a different cat died in each production, who would you kill off in the order of production? So basically the first production is the first cat you would kill off and the ninth production would be the last cat you would kill off. Ooh. I have ranked them in the episodes. Um so I can try to dig up what I actually have how I've scored them. But I don't think if I if I want to be a little bit more fair, if I just had to say like if I was doing this today mm-hmm. and giving it without the who's most deserving and who who I like enjoyed most, here's how I would kind of go about this. Okay. So ranking them dying is a good thing in cats. So whoever I'm killing off first means that they're they're the best. Mm-hmm. So I think the most deserving, um, if you really do the if you do the research, the most deserving is Gus. So Gus, I would say, is probably the first to to die. He's the one that's got the biggest fan backing on being the most worthy. He's one of the older ones. Mm-hmm. You know, he's done a ton in his life. Performance is really good. Um, and then Ian McKinnon in the movie was was great. So that would be my number one. So I'd say. Number one's Gus. Number two, this this is just personal choice now. Um, I would say it's probably two and three are Rum Tug Tugger and Mr. Mistopheles in mm-hmm. some fashion together. They they are they're just I would love for them to die together, like Bert and Ernie. Like to me, they <laughs> there's a lot about them being a uh, a bisexual relationship. So I think those are two and three. Mm. For I really, really enjoyed Mungo Jerry and Rumpel Teaser. Um, it's one of my favorite songs in the show. And it's one of those performances where the dance number is just crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I rank them higher than they probably deserve to be ranked. But I would put them as number four. Number five, I would probably say should go to probably Skimbleshanks. So he's got a pretty interesting story. The tap number is impressive. Um, I like the fact that they build a whole train on stage during that production, during that, that song. So I'm a fan of that. Five would be, I'm going to put pretty close to the middle old Deuteronomy. I don't think uh-huh. old Deuteronomy should be allowed to die. He's the judge. Um, so I think it'd be a little unfair to give yourself you know, the reward at the end is the judge. Um, but he's also another older cat. That's, that's pretty, pretty great. Um, six, seven, and eight, I'm going to lump together because I'm not a fan of really any of them for dying, okay. but it's going to be Jenny, any dots, 
Buster for Jones and McCavity. So McCavity is probably at the end of that, but the Jenny Any Dots entire song weirds me out. Um, it's about mice and cockroaches tap dancing. The movie version was even weirder. So I was not a fan of of that entire entire song. Um, and the whole just the more I researched about it, just it's a it's a weird one for me. Buster for Jones is is a pimp basically that goes to strip clubs. Right. So it seems kind of hard to reward that. Um, <laughs> and he's not technically a jellical cat, I don't believe, or he was out of the tribe. And then McCavity is obviously the, you know, the, the, the bad cat. He's the antagonist. So, right. um, so he should be eight. And then ninth, I would say would be Grizabella. Um, and then like 90th, you know, we have to go way more down, which is, you know, that'd be that, that much further down would be Peter. That's an interesting, uh, it's an interesting rank, and I, I sort of like how you did it, so thank you for playing. I probably ranked them differently when I wrote the episodes, because I, I gave it a lot more thought and theory. So this is just more about how I personally would rank them and enjoyed them. Yes. Well, that's what I would I would want your personal take. Because I rank the highest Tugstopheles. Mm-hmm. Or tug offleys. It depends on how you say it. There's there's different writings online, um, but that's that to me was my number one. But if you really break it down, Gus is the most worthy. Have Have you thought of reaching out to um, any like diehard cat fans to bring them on the show? So I've talked to a couple. Uh-huh. Um, my the Instagram DMs I get are some of my favorite things because they're all really funny they're really great fans like they the people really enjoy the show and so they enjoy cats like they have opinions on it um and they're they're really nice people so i have talked to a couple i think the thing i'm i'm more interested in doing but i don't know how to accomplish it is i don't think children should see the show i just mm-hmm. i just firmly believe it's really dark um and really inappropriate when you when you break down the fact that as i just said bus for jones is is going to see strip clubs like that's written in the song right so i would love to hear a kid's version of like you just saw it what you know you're 10 how do you feel about it mm-hmm. and i'd love to interview uh someone who who just walked out of the theater seeing a tra- you know they're tra- it's still traveling it was supposed to be in indiana right now mm-hmm. um which you know around this week but it's obviously on hold uh with the coronavirus right. but i would love to see a you know a teenager or someone who is there because they're cats not because of the story and whose parents thought it was okay to bring them and hear what the kid thinks about it well, maybe by putting that out there now, somebody will contact you about it. Yeah, I'm trying to get uh, podcast dad Alan to let his let his kids go see it at some point, <laughs> but I think they're I think they're a little too young. I, I don't think any person under 18 should see it, but especially not that young. I think I mean I guess I would say it's similar to like Tommy. I mean, I did. I th- it was like a year or two ago I went to Connecticut to see a regional production because one of my friends was in it. And i trying to think if there were any kids there. I, I feel like there m- might have been one or two, but it is like a-, a heavy subject matter to have to to a kid. But then again, my parents took me when I was just around that 10-year-old age. But at the same time, it does open the conversation. It does open up the door for discussions about certain things that maybe parents don't know how to talk to their kids about. So there could be the side of that's why we're going to see it. I I guess, but if you're trying to have the birds and the bees conversation and you're going to use, (laughs) 
you know, rum tug tugger as your benchmark. Like I got other questions for you as parenting. <laughs> yes. Yes. Well, maybe hence also that's the reason I'm not a parent. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. So how do we follow along to your podcast on social media? How can we find you? So on social media, you can find me at call me Adam NYC and on the Broadway Podcast Network, you could find my podcast at Bearing It All with Call Me Adam. Amazing. And I am on Instagram at The Wrong Cat Died. And you can find me on the Broadway Podcast Network website uh, under The Wrong Cat Died. Terrific. Well, this was so much fun. Yeah, it was great to to chat. I'm I always love hearing the differing opinions of cats. So it's it's nice to hear someone who hated it and <laughs> you know, and, and never wants to see it again, but still loves theater. So I, I'm, I'm uh, always enjoyed uh, chatting with you. Well, same, same here. And I love your take because you don't come from the theater background. So it's nice to hear how you, first of all, have sort of embraced this show and broke it down from a different perspective, but also how you still love to go see shows and, and the, the stories behind as to why you want to see them. It's so much fun. Yeah, I'm excited to go see stuff when uh, when everything's back online. Yes, we can't wait. Thanks for listening to this bonus episode with Adam Rothenberg from Bearing It All with Call Me Adam on The Wrong Cat Died, the podcast breakdown of the catastrophe. Again, you can hear the full episode by visiting callmeadam.com. To hear more of The Wrong Cat Died, you can subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or anywhere else that you listen to podcasts. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at The Wrong Cat Died, or check us out on our website, TheWrongCatDied.com. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the RISE Theater Directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.